0: Welcome to the Salesforce Spotlight Series. I'm Teresa.
1: And I'm TJ. And we co-lead Salesforce's employee loyalty programs.
0: We're excited to have you here firsthand from employees at each step of their employee journey and current Salesforce alumni from around the globe.
1: You'll also hear how Salesforce has impacted these employees' lives. Now let's go.
0: Okay, so let's get started. So one, I am so excited to be sitting down with Nancy Cameron, who is probably one of the first people I met at Salesforce. So I remember when I was joined Salesforce in 2007, I was a small business account executive and I worked very closely with our sales reps and you managed that sales rep team, Nancy, your director for that group. And when I made my first career transition from AE to sales enablement, I spoke to you because I knew that we were growing our sales rep population. I want to understand what were the pain points and challenges when it came to sales rep enablement. And you were so instrumental in helping me understand that side of the business. And just for you helping me at that point in my career, one year to Salesforce, fast forward you know, 15 years later, it's pretty incredible to see that we're still on this career growth journey together. I'll stop right there. Nancy, you're amazing. I'm so glad that we get to interview you and hear about your journey. So tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you join Salesforce? What roles have you had and what do you do today?
1: Thanks, Teresa. And I do remember that conversation. I remember those early days in the landmark building on the seventh floor. So I started at Salesforce in January of 2005. And I started as the SR manager. We called them SRs at that point, sales reps. They're now called sales development reps. We had 12 reps at that time. And believe it or not, I think a couple of them are still here. I think Jared Litwin is still here. McClurefoot, who you know, just recently left after about 16 years. But there's still some of the the original SRs floating around, at least, if not at Salesforce, definitely in the, the ecosystem. Well, what so, I think it's so
0: amazing. You talk about Jared Litwin and McClure. You, me, McClure and Jared were all at Bottle Rock together.
1: That's right. You to go too. That's right. Okay. That's probably why it's kind of fresh in my mind. Yes, I, I that was so fun to see you all there. I think that was on the Guns and Roses day, right? Yeah, that was Saturday. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, started in 2005 managing the SR team, which was such a fun role and I mean I stayed in that role for almost 6 years because it was so fun. Like I said, we started with 12, and by the end of my six years, we had 90 over um, the Toronto op, between Toronto, San Mateo, Chicago, and San Francisco, and it was such a fun team to manage because we were like the welcome mat for these early career days people coming into, it might have been their first job in technology it might have been their first job in sales. In some cases, it might have been their first actual job. We had a few what we called junior sales reps. In fact, Connor Boyle was one of those who's still at Salesforce today. And it's and Dallas Stonhouse came in as a junior SR. He's just left after 16 years, but you know had risen up through the ranks to AVP. So yeah, those early days were super fun. Like I said, we were on the seventh floor of the landmark building. This was when we had about 700 total people at Salesforce. And a lot of us worked on that seventh floor of Landmark, (laughs) right across from the Ferry Building. So we had the account executives, the sales reps, CSG. I think Jim Steele and Frank Van Vienendal were on that floor. And then Mark and Parker and the, the rest of the execs were on the third floor. So those early days were super fun. And then my next role, so I decided after six years, I wanted to actually go into sales enablement, but I felt like I needed to walk in the shoes of an AE in order to be effective in that role and to be compelling in that role. So I actually went back into sales and then became an individual contributor. And I was really happy that I did that. I did that for two years and made great friends in that role as well and just got that experience. And then from there, I had been following Amy Reagan Morehouse and what she was doing with the EBC. Now we call it the Salesforce Innovation Center. But I was really impressed with how she had revolutionized that experience for our customers. So I was following her on chatter, I remember, and I was really intrigued by what she was doing. So I reached out to her. And at that point, I remember I hosted my own Dreamforce to you with one of my customers in Colorado had a bluegrass band come in. we were just talking about this last night actually had a dinner and we did it I think at a farm. It was a really cool experience and I I realized that I loved planning experiences and I also my friends call me the concierge because I also like planning events and things for our friends. I have Teresa I have a feeling you're very similar. So it was sort of a natural pathway to the the EBC, now, again, called the Salesforce Innovation Center. So I stayed over there for four years. And when Amy went on to Salesforce University, I ended up filling her shoes and running that program, did that for four years. And then once I felt like I had run my course there, I actually, I had hit my 10-year milestone at Salesforce and was at a bit of an inflection point and trying to figure out what was next for me and one of those options was to leave salesforce the other option was to explore what else was around me and i couldn't quite decide so i remember my mom suggesting why don't you take a sabbatical and we had just introduced that program at salesforce so i was at this inflection point like like we all hit at some point right in our career even if you're at a great company like salesforce you do you know you start to wonder what's next especially after 10 years with any long-term relationship, right? It's good to ask yourself those questions. So I took the sabbatical. I went on a Pilates retreat in Marrakesh. I swam with whale sharks in Baja. I cleaned out closets that had not been cleaned out <laughs> in years. <laughs> and I spent some time in Majorca and Amsterdam and Bruges and, Provence and rode part of the the Tour de France route and just had an amazing experience. Um, Came back, went to a couple weddings, and then it gave me the space to make a pretty big decision in my life, which was to have kids and to do that on my own. And it's hard to make those kind of big life decisions. I think when you're in Salesforce, because as we all know, we're on a treadmill at level 11. (laughs) So, it was good for me to take some time away so that I had that headspace to make that huge decision, which I ended up following through on within a year of getting back from that sabbatical. When I did come back and I decided to come back to Salesforce, when I came back, we were on the path to Dreamforce. I think it was 2015 at that point. And I went to Dreamforce the kind of the bell of the ball at Dreamforce was Trailhead. They had converted part of Moscone into a national park. And we had never done anything like that before. I mean, if you think about Dreamforce pre-2015, it was all, you know, the blue backgrounds with the Salesforce um, want. Yeah. There were no creatures or characters or animals running around. There were no trees. (laughs) Right. So I was super intrigued by this and our customers fell in love with it. Mark Benioff fell in love with it. So I invited Adam Seligman, who was the EVP at that time, into my team meeting when I was running the EVC. And I said, come in and tell us what all this magic is about, what all the buzz is about. So he came in and explained to us what Trailhead was. And he also challenged our team to a trailhead, like badge-a-thon, who could earn the most badges in six weeks. And it was really intended for my team, but I, (laughs) I ended up creating an account on trailhead and I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the learning experience. It reminded me of these books I grew up with, the choose your own adventure books and a game I used to play on Atari, which I realize I'm dating myself, but there was this game called Pitfall, where you had to go through the jungle and jump over streams and logs and swing on vines to get to achieve new levels and new ranks. And I loved the gamification of Trailhead. And as a former customer of Salesforce, I thought I can really see the potential of this for enabling our, not only our customers, but also our employees. So I reached back out to Adam and I said, I'd love to join your team. I'd love to help you sing this from the rooftops. And I think we can really drive widespread engagement of Trailhead, starting with our own employees and then scaling that out to our customers. I ended up joining the Trailhead team on their marketing team in, I believe it was 2016 and launched their ranger program. So Sarah Franklin had this idea of rewarding employees who earned over 100 badges with this ranger rank. So we created a program around that, and I hired Dick Metarata, and we partnered together to launch this program. Started with 14 employees who had organically hit ranger rank. They had just done that on their own and we made a program out of it and we we did things like we adopted a bear from the Sierra Club on their behalf if they hit the ranger rank we got these green ranger flags that you would put up in your desk if you became a ranger we gave them the now famous trailblazer hoodie and we you got a, a ranger badge in chatter and we would at mention your manager and it just took off like wildfire and now we have almost 28,000 rangers at Salesforce. And it has started to inspire our customers to do the same like standard bank, which is the largest bank in Africa. They just hit 20,000 rangers. So we were super excited about that. I'm still on the trailhead team. Although now I'm part of the trailblazer ecosystem team under Chris Landy and I manage trailblazer engagement programs, which still includes the ranger program. But it also now includes programs to help our customers to drive widespread trailhead engagement and community engagement and just drive them into our whole trailblazer ecosystem so that they can all become trailblazers.
0: That is so awesome. You know, I love your story because you started out in sales and now you're in a different capacity, more on the marketing side, still engaging customers you talked about all these different career transitions along the way. What do you think helped you like connect the dots and be able to move, especially with COA club, right? When these employees have been here for a long time and sometimes they're just curious, like what's my next move or how do I get myself out there to like learn about what else I can kind of translate from my current skills into a new role? How did you go about doing that? What advice can you give
1: yeah, to other totally. members? Yeah, totally. Totally. I think You have to look for these opportunities. Sometimes it will just happen organically. I think if you pay attention to the things about your job that you love the most and that where you really feel engaged um, and you really feel alive, that will give you, I think, a sense of the direction that you're meant to head in. But also, I would follow some of the leaders who you admire on Twitter. Look at their V2 moms see where you can identify opportunities especially you know if you look at leaders whom you admire you look at their v2 moms you look at their methods look at their obstacles see what problems they're trying to solve and then another thing i recommend is make sure you're watching the all hands calls because that's where you learn what our leaders top priorities are and what they are focused on and you might find opportunities there as we all know Salesforce seems to reinvent itself every year, so there's always new new things. There there's always new products. There's always new teams. There's new initiatives. So just make sure you're following what the leaders are prioritizing, and you're looking for gaps and and opportunities that that you can fill, and where your natural skill set is a match.
0: I love that you said that. So I've interviewed a lot of Coa members, and you're the first one to talk about going into the B2 mom and actually looking at the obstacles. Like I always tell people, especially when I present to new hires, I say, look at people's B2 moms. It's like literally it's LinkedIn on steroids, understanding what these people care about in the business, how they're trying to measure their success, et cetera. But when it comes to opportunity, obstacles is a great thing to look at and see how can you problem solve
1: with these leaders. So
0: that's great advice. You know, having been here since 05, I think another question people would want to know is what keeps you here at Salesforce? Obviously, you've had a great career run. You've been able to try a lot of different things. Your sabbatical sounds amazing. I want to go on a sabbatical. Actually, I just looked it up on Concierge the other day. I'm like, what <laughs> are the sabbatical FAQs? Maybe it's time for me you to take away a look. You should. You deserve it. Right? It's Almost 15 years, Nancy. But what is it that keeps you here?
1: What keeps me here? I think the fact that I've been here for 17 years is because I've been able to reinvent myself every three or four years. So I've been in different roles and I didn't just stay in one place. I think that has what has kept it interesting for me and what has allowed me to grow and learn new things. Um, I mean, I've been able to be on the sales side. I've been able to be in management roles. I've been able to be an individual contributor. I've been on the product side. I've been on the marketing side. I've been on the executive experience side. So I think being able to... um, see Salesforce from all of these different lenses has kept it interesting for me and and kept me on my toes.
0: Gotcha. I also want to talk about well-being, but kind of in a different light. So both you and I mentioned being a single mom, two daughters. I'm a single mom of two boys. Yeah. One thing that I've appreciated is that Salesforce has been really gracious about letting me be a mom, but also be a great employer and leader too. But tell me about your take on like how have you felt supported by this company as you kind of balance work and motherhood
1: oh yeah i mean that's salesforce has been amazing i mean and and you you talk about why have i stayed here i mean during the pandemic salesforce was just absolutely amazing i have felt so supported as you know a human being a mom that support has absolutely bolstered my loyalty to the company. If it wasn't, you know, I've always been, a, you know, a fangirl, but like, I think that just put it over the top for sure. I mean, and it, you know, I think that starts with leadership. I work for the wonderful Leah mcgowan Hare, who has always been so supportive and especially during the pandemic. I mean, she just showed up in all the right ways and, Um, I mean, she would lead like meditation sessions for us. She would open up calls always just by asking how we were doing and giving us space to talk about what we might be feeling. And yeah, so that's just been amazing.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I love that this company understands that I've got to pick up. One kid at 250, <laughs> another one at 445, soccer yeah. practices at 515. Like they just understand. And I love that. I just so true. It comes from your leaders and your leaders understanding, you know, the asset that you are to this organization and that your family is first like paramount to everything. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. What else are you doing from a well-being perspective? Like I know like we're friends on Instagram and I think you just do such amazing like hands-on activities if you're girls, like you're always out on hikes and like exploring parks and fun, like you do a lot of fun things with them. So I'm sure that brings you a lot of joy and well-being, but what else are you doing for yourself?
1: Absolutely. So uh, one of the things I'm doing is, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm standing right now and I had kind of avoided the standing desk when we were in the office But I found that when I was working from home, I felt like I was just sitting for the longest hours. I think for some reason when we were in the office, I would get up more, but I just decided, and I I learned about something called dead butt syndrome. (laughs) It's a real thing, (laughs) DBS. (laughs) So I was like, I need to avoid that. (laughs) And I was starting to feel that way, like I was maybe getting it. So I did invest in this like, platform desk that elevates that it's not a full-blown standing desk, but I also, I recently took the class seven habits of highly effective people. And they right. said that you're 7% smarter when you stand. No <laughs> so, kidding. No kidding. Um, so that was All one right. thing I had invested in a Peloton before the pandemic, which I'm glad I did. Cause I know there was a while they were on back order, but I'm obsessed with my Peloton. I do it at least three times a week. And as a single mom, that's a godsend too, because I don't always have the luxury of being able to, you know, take a run or go out to the gym. So love my Peloton.
0: What's your Peloton handle? Nancam. Nancam. All right. Yeah. I'm T I'm T Ludvig Spin for anyone listening. T Ludwigspin okay. spin and Nan NanCam. NanCam. Your yeah. fellow fellow CoA friends. Giving back has been also very core to culture. So we talked about well-being, giving back. We kind of have the one-one-one model that everyone knows about. But what do you do personally to kind of give back, and how to use um, your BTO? So right
1: now, I'm a mentor for Vetterati, which mentors vets, and so that's been that's been great. Oh, too. You are too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's really um, cool. They
0: had a the whole app, and it just you put your calendar availability, yeah. and it's been really interesting to talk to veterans or those that are about to become veterans kind of understand yes. how they get exposed to the tech world. Yeah.
1: Or their spouses as well. Mm-hmm. So I've loved that. And that's been a really and that's and Trailhead has come into play there in the Trailblazer community because I can point them right to that resource to help skill up to be in our our ecosystem. So I've loved doing veterati. And then I've also taken advantage of the international VTO which I was able to do more, so (laughs) pre-kids. But Mm -hmm. I've been able to volunteer on four different continents. I've volunteered in in Tanzania with uh, Make a Difference Now. I volunteered in Sri Lanka with an organization that provides books and education to underserved communities and specifically to girls. It's called uh, Room to Read. Um, It's a great organization. And then I've also volunteered in Peru with senior citizens through cross-cultural connections. And it's always been a priority for me and one of the things that I love about Salesforce.
0: I love that. Also, too, just to be able to volunteer internationally, it's just this extra layer of depth to the impact you can make and why giving back is so important as well.
1: It's been fantastic. And, And we also, as part of the programs that I run, We've also always included a give back portion of our program. So our rangers, when you become a ranger at at Salesforce, we make a donation to, um, we've done the World Wildlife Fund. We've done the Nature Conservancy. We've done the Sierra Club. And then we did something that was kind of a combination of wellness and giving back after the, that first all hands call after the pandemic hit. So it was like March, 2020. When Mark said, "You know, I would encourage you all to create a personal vision for yourself to guide you through this time, like a North Star." Right. Um, yeah, and I'm so, so glad you're hitting
0: on North Star. Yeah, please <laughs> share that with the group.
1: And I remember Mark Hawkins, our former beloved CFO, saying, "Think about how you want to look back on this time and how you showed up for your family, your friends, your team." yourself. And I remember that night waking up at like three in the morning and thinking, I actually need a North Star. (laughs) Because at that time, I think I didn't have childcare. Yeah. Because as we all know, that was a little bit hectic at that time when the pandemic was super new. And I had just done the last big event I attended in 2020 before the pandemic hit was Oprah Winfrey's 2020 vision tour where she encourages everyone to to create a vision. So it was fresh in my head. Uh And I'm a visual person. I like creating vision boards and all that. And so I reached out to our platform team and I said, I had sat down to create a personal V2 mom, but I realized I wanted images in it. So I, I worked with our platform team to create an app built on Heroku and lightning web components It's a digital web app called My North Star, which allows you to include your personal vision, your top three values, and the actions that you're gonna take to bring that vision to life. And it's you can do it on your mobile device, you can do it on your laptop, and you can it gives you a like a digital vision board that you can share out. So we had over a thousand trailblazers create them and we gave back to UNICEF to their COVID relief fund for families who are in most need of services during the pandemic.
0: That's incredible. I just remember, I remember when you share that out, you shared with Koa Chatter, you shared out with other people. Yes, I love that because it is literally taking B2Mom but making it more personal to you. And I think like that coming at a great time, be able to help an organization while giving you a chance to get creative and work with Heroku and Lightning Totally. It's so awesome. I feel like you've been really been able to tap into your creative space in the roles that you're in now. One last question before we wrap up. Yeah, I remember when Shelly, your sister, used to work here at Salesforce. (laughs) And I want to know, did Shelly recruit you or did you recruit Shelly? And what does Shelly think about the fact that you've been here for 17 years?
1: (laughs) So Shelly's my younger sister. So she followed me here. We had both also been at Oracle, although not at the same exact time, but I definitely probably encouraged her to come over. And I think she saw the experience that I was having. So she came over and was a recruiter for five years, and she's still in the Salesforce ecosystem. She just joined Qualified.
0: Oh, nice. um, we just yeah. interviewed Dan. Um, I know, I saw that. Yeah.
1: So she's over there with Craig Swensred and and Robert Zimmerman and yeah. Dan Darcy and that whole and Sean Whiteley, that whole crew. So it's fun that she's still in the ecosystem, and and she and I can always talk shop.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Salesforce Spotlight Series. Be sure to catch our next episode.
0: Sending positive vibes from our Salesforce family to you and yours.